Hello, my name is Dorian, and this is episode number 16 of the Song of the Olive Press, A Walk Through the Book of Philippians. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and strengthen those followers of Christ who are going through an Olive Press. They feel as if they have been placed between two stones, squeezing all the oil out of their lives. This podcast goes out with a hope and a prayer that God may turn our time in the olive press into a song. Thank you for coming back to my podcast and for joining me in a walk through this garden called the Book of Philippians. To begin with, I want to go back to what I was talking about a few weeks ago. Remember, we were thinking about being complete in Christ, and how the world and the devil are constantly offering this or that to complete us. And they may work for a time, but eventually, we realize that we still are incomplete. But don't worry the devil and the world will have the next thing for us to chase after. And they may work for a time, but eventually we realize that we are still incomplete. But don't worry, the world and the devil will have the next thing for us to chase after. This becomes obvious when we see people who have everything the world has to offer. They can jump into private jets and go anywhere in the world. They can climb Mount Everest, or they can lay around five-star hotels getting foot massages. And then you hear that they have been arrested for cocaine possession. If the world could complete us, then these people should be the happiest people on earth. However, If they feel the need to take drugs to give their lives some kind of a boost, obviously they are not any happier than anyone else. If someone has nothing, they can at least think, if I had this, or if I could do that, then I will be happy. But to someone who has everything, the fact that the world cannot complete us would be rubbed into their faces every day. This is the dirty secret the devil wants to keep hidden from you. If the Bible is true, this is exactly what we would expect to find. Because the scriptures teach us, we are created to be completed by God. To seek completeness anywhere else is to violate our own creation, putting us in rebellion against our very being. Consequently, if the olive press we are going through does only this one thing in our lives, that is, brings us to the realization that we can only be complete in Him, then this olive press This crushing of the great stones we are experiencing is more than worth it, because in the end, we will find peace.
Nobody puts this better than Blaise Pascal, the 17th century French philosopher, mathematician, physicist, and theologian. He said this, There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. I would like to read our passage again as we hold in our minds the idea of us having a God-sized hole within us. Philippians 1, verses 19 to 26. Reading from the New King James. For I know that this will turn out to my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what shall I choose I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. I want to look again at those few words. For to me to live is Christ. And in pondering those words, I was led to three connected ideas. God is there. God is here. And God is in. First, God is there. The scriptures are full of the imagery of God on his throne. God is there. On his throne. And with that idea, we immediately think of the day of judgment. Every man, woman, and child will stand before a judgment seat referred to as the great white throne. But as believers, we will stand before a different judgment seat the judgment seat of Christ. The reason we have a different judgment seat is that our sins have already been judged. We have this in many human legal systems. It is called double jeopardy. That means you cannot be tried for the same crime twice. Our sins have been tried and judged on the cross. We cannot be tried for them again. We have been set free from sin, death, and judgment. 
That does not mean we are free to do whatever we want, because we still stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and there the fruit of our lives, our works, will be judged. But why should it matter? We get into heaven anyway, right? I mean, the scriptures say, if we make it to the judgment seat of Christ, we are saved. It is just a question of our rewards. Let's just go into heaven. Everything from earth will be forgotten anyway. So who cares about the past life on earth? Let's focus our minds on that for a bit. I can think of two things. We find throughout the entire Bible the urgency of doing the will of God. The importance of this is brought out by the fact that we will be judged for what we have done. Was it in Christ or was it in the flesh? If there was no judgment seat of Christ, then my doing his will would be nice, maybe even helpful, but not super important. We must, as Paul tells us in Romans 12 and verse 1, Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Why? Peter tells us in Acts 10 and verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good. So then, we present our bodies a living sacrifice so that Jesus can still keep doing good, only now, through us. Borrowing a very biblical idea from C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia, he is not a tame lion, but he is a good lion. What does this mean to us? The lion of the tribe of Judah is not a tame lion. We cannot domesticate him or make him do what we want. He will do according to his own will. But the lion of the tribe of Judah is a good lion, meaning we can trust him that his will is good. So doing the will of God is the only way we can do what is good, as God defines good. For our actions to be good, they must be fulfilling the will of God. Or another way to look at it is this, God who is good, acting through us. Paul also tells us in Ephesians 3 and verse 10, that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. It would seem we are on a stage. It would seem we are on a stage. And we all must play our role in this great story. It is not for the players to choose their parts, but it is the director's choice. And who is our director? 
none other than the one who spoke our universe into existence. The second reason there must be a judgment is close to the first. Paul taught the body of Christ is built up by what each member supplies. Hence, if you and I do not fulfill what God has called us to do, the whole body will suffer. Now you may feel that what you supply to the body is unimportant. But if what Paul says is true, then that is impossible. I knew a woman that every time she spoke of Christ, she would cry. This really bothered her, so she asked God to take it away. And God answered her and took it away. But he also took away his anointing. Of course, this upset her even more. So she fervently prayed to God and said, Lord, I will cry. I will do anything. Just restore your anointing to me. And God restored his anointing and said to her, I will not use her name here. We will just call her R. The Lord said, R, you are my crier. I created you to be my crier. So after that, she always cried. She found that when, for her to live as Christ, then the embarrassment of crying was a very small thing. It is interesting, whenever she spoke, it was hard to follow what she was saying because she was always stopping to cry. But somehow afterwards you felt clean and alive. Somehow her crying built up the body of Christ. But how can that be? John the Baptist said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. John 3 and verse 27. Therefore, if you and I are to do our part in building up the body of Christ, we must be receiving from heaven. And it is important to understand that receiving is an active verb. It is something we do. John did not use a more passive verb like have or possess. Think about that for a moment. Receiving is an action. But what we receive must therefore come from outside of ourselves. Otherwise, we would not be receiving. We would be making, creating, or doing. John the Baptist chose the perfect word. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. The judgment seat of Christ gives value and significance to what we have received from heaven, while at the same time stripping away all value from what we have made, created, or done of ourselves. Why? Because the lion of the tribe of Judah is a good lion, 
and all that he gives us is good. And all he does through us with what he has given us is good. This is, of course, if we receive it. The judgment seat of Christ reveals what we received from heaven as opposed to what was of our own making. I will talk more about the body being built up by what each member supplies in the section on God is in. But for now, it is important for us to understand for me to live is Christ means I must walk close to Him every day because the day will come when I must stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of what I did with what He gave me. Walking in the knowledge of a coming judgment also means I can suffer injustice without striking back as Jesus taught us. For all will be judged justly by God. For me to live is Christ, and Christ is there. The next concept related to God is there is, if God is there, then we will go to be with him. Hence, for me to live is Christ naturally leads us to and to die is gain. The Bible is clear that heaven is the place where God is. And because this is where God is, that makes heaven heaven. Revelations 21, 22 to 23. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. This now makes sense of what comes just before verse 21. The street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. The street being transparent would mean the streets would conduct the light and the glory of God to everywhere in the city. Therefore, no place would be without light. We will not cast a shadow, and there will be no dark corners. So if someone does not love the light, if someone cannot say, For me to live is Christ, then heaven as described in the scriptures, is the last place they want to be. Because God is there. Christ is there. And those who love the light are going to be there. In reality, those who do not love Christ do not want to go to heaven. They want to go to paradise, sure. But that is not possible. You see, God already did that once with Adam and Eve. And how well did that work out? And they were innocent when he put them there. Hence, if he were to put sinners into paradise, they would make it hell. Sin ruins everything. With this thought, I will leave you until next week.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. If you think of anyone who would be blessed by this podcast, please send it on with prayer. God willing, I will post a new podcast this Wednesday. Thank you for coming along with me on this walk.